Are you ready for it? Yes. Let's talk about our setup. Oh. I this is this is already strange because I'm looking at you as I'm talking. I know. That was one thing I told Hunter when we were getting this <laughs> set up. I was like, I'll actually be able to look at Charlie's face when we talk. We normally when we record, we kind of have to like crane our necks. It's and so uncomfortable. If we or or we'll talk and we'll get to a pause and then we'll shoot each other a look. Like, did you hear that? Yeah. Um, but now we can actually make eye contact the whole time. The whole the whole time. So uh, I uh, did a good did some work on the uh, the old Zen room, which is funny because like we we did the live Patreon video and I was like, sometime probably the next couple months, I'm really gonna get it set up. But it was like after I said that, I was like. <laughs> I have to do it now. You did. You whipped it up real quick. Well, and luckily, everything I already had, except for these primo wingback chairs. There's some good chairs. Straight out of Goodwill. And they're both really nice. And I love them so much. I love it. I feel <laughs> I feel great. How was your week? It was good. Um, I mean, it's weird for us. It's Tuesday. That's right, you guys. You're going to be hearing us uh, fresh. This is hot off the presses mm-hmm. due to a... Just a classic primo Charlie fuck up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We did our Facebook Live on Friday. Yeah, it was the night before you, yeah. Yes. And uh, I got halfway here and realized I didn't have any of the recording shit with me. And um, so we're we're cutting it close. I'm going to go home and pretty much throw this up. Edit your balls off. (laughs) 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 So your week was good. You had a... um, It was, it's good... Jorah freaked me out today. I thought yeah. Jorah was going to go blind. Her little dog gave her a scare, as only our our animals can do, well, I it's feel like. Because like. here's the thing. It's like, I love all three of my dogs, alarmingly so, too much, <laughs> really. But it's like, Jorah, I'm just protective over. Because mm-hmm. he's such a gentle little giant, and, like, he's such a mama's boy. Mm-hmm. And he's the only dog I have that actually loves me. And, like, I just, when anything's wrong with him, I can't take it because he's such a perfect little soul sometimes when dogs get hurt they can get very like snappy yeah no he's not that way he just seemed to kind of like be sad and he kinda... is and it makes it worse <laughs> so I, I think he took like a thorn bush to the eye mm. uh, he has a really scratched up cornea he's gonna be okay Let's... yeah he's gonna be okay but he did not look okay when i came home from lunch today like one eye was like sucked back in his head and then the other eye third like their second eyelid just was locked over his eye and like Mm. he just could not see at all which apparently is a protective yeah yeah hunter learned that from the vet today why don't we all have like 15 eyelids i don't know it's very important to have them how was your week you went camping i sure did i sure shit did Mm -hmm. in the cold uh, oh my god it was my perfect weather it was my dream camping trip there was nobody else there but us yeah we were very close to this big river, and you could hear it at nighttime. With with the wind chill, our first night, it was about 17 degrees. Yeah, I figured. Uh, and then the second night, it was 22 or, or some nonsense like that. So it was perfect for us. We're both, like, cold-blooded yeah, creatures. Yeah, y'all are. Y'all are fans of the cold. <laughs> we just had a roaring fire, and you could hear the river, and then beautiful, majestic blood moon eclipse happened. Did you have a uh, visibility? Primo. Excellent. Visibility. Wow. It was the perfect, perfect. It was still out. Wow. And it was super dark because, again, we're the only people there. Yeah. 
And it went and dead silent. Dead, dead, dead silent. Besides the, um, the armadillo that charged out of the wilderness. I love armadillos. They're so clumsy. <laughs> well, we were sitting there. And because it was so quiet, it had been windy our first night. Like, mm-hmm. really super windy. Mm-hmm. So we're not used to this eerie stillness that was there. And I hear something kicking around in the woods. And there's deer there. And their deer are forward as shit. They well, will see, come up and just, like, lick your face. It sounded like I thought it was going to be something as big as that. It was heavy footed. Yeah, they just it stumble around. Huge. And even Clark, who's not like a gets jumpy like I get, he got the flashlight and he's shining it around. Yeah. And I, what really freaked me out is when he went, hello? Oh, fuck. So, uh, no. <laughs> when he did that, I knew that he thought there was a possibility of a human, of a person being out That's there. what I don't want. I don't want a person. And like coming up, the, the spot we had, there was nobody for yeah, miles. Yeah, you're set. You're set. So they would have been like some wild man coming out of the woods. Mm. But right after he did that, I hear Clark goes, oh, it's an armadillo. And I look over and right after he says this, this little armored tank bug mm-hmm. just stomps like they're towards so him. He charged at him. They're not afraid. Like, well, he, they're blind as shit. They can't see. And so it's like, I feel like their only defense is like, I just keep going. He's just, yeah, he's a tank. What are you going to do? I'm armored. You there know? was one that happened to me. Like uh, when I did my first Lamas festival, mm-hmm. like little ritual for myself. Festival. <laughs> by myself. Um, when I did my first little Lamas ritual, I was out there by in the cove area, like where yeah. we want to get married. And it just stumbled out of the woods. Just, just, hey. And I was just like, tried to scare it off. And it was just sitting there. I guess fearless. it couldn't see me. Blind or, and fearless. Yeah, could not have given a shit less. <laughs> but he finally fucked off. And we could hear him for a good hour. Just, just out. Just rooting the, around. Just, just stumbling around. And, <laughs> um, and then the eclipse started to happen. And Clark has, he and he didn't really even tell me until it started. He said, I've never seen a lunar eclipse. Oh, Wow. I've never seen a crystal clear one. It's always kind of cloudy. Um, yeah, or it's partial. Yeah. This is not only a lunar eclipse. Mm-hmm. Blood moon, super moon, clo- super close wolf to the earth, moon. wolf moon. You know, I'm like, it's a full moon yeah. happening, you know, so it's not just, I'm like, all of these things are coming together and not for nothing. And this is a very Leo thing. I was like, and it's in Leo. So. Oh, my <laughs> as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, that was such a Leo thing. <laughs> But uh, so I was like, you're you're really spoiling eclipses for yourself. Yeah, it's like you're not going to get another one like, <laughs> like this for a starting, long time. Starting top tier. But it was the coolest thing because it was so super bright because yeah, the moon was so yeah. close to the earth and it was bright as shit. We could see, we could see for miles mm-hmm. around us. And then when it's eclipsed, it was so dark that our campfire, it threw like maybe five feet of light. Yeah, it was like new moon darkness. It was so dark and eerie and that was when we realized how alone we were. Before we go any further, this episode is dedicated to Jenna Lynn Moonchild. Oh! Jenna Lynn Moonchild. Thank you. Thank you, Jenna Lynn Moonchild. <laughs> okay, so on this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about, uh, it's a little different this time. This could be your spirit animal. Oh, this could be your guide or your totem shit. Maybe it's just something you really like, or maybe you have them as pets and they're your familiars. And I'm jealous. Uh, for real, because that is the that and one other in the same family is is the gothiest goth thing I know you could have. Um, <laughs> but today I'm going to be talking about the crow. Very cool. Not the movie. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to be talking to us today? I'm going back to the basics. I'm talking about amethyst. Mm. Going uh, 
a very familiar stone to, I think, a lot of people. Yes. But a very powerful stone. A big favorite. A big favorite. And I think it's a lot of people's um, first stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it is so readily available. Yeah. It's decently cheap. And it's just very commercial. You see, Amethyst, yeah. it's one of those stones that's everywhere. It's uh, It's the first stone that I remember growing up really loving Mm -hmm. i mean just loving Mm -hmm. i thought it was just the coolest thing and i thought the word was interesting you know to say um so i've always had a soft spot for it but i think i I think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna dive on in i'm I'm so excited for you to dive in i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it go for it okay so as we mentioned just a bit ago super abundant Really, it kind of comes from all over. Mm. Some really, like, notable locations. You know, some are in the the U.S. Um, so those are in Colorado and mm. Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Oh, um, all over. So along with uh, those, those few states, um, it's in Uruguay, Thunder Bay, Canada, which sounds... Can we go there? I want to. Please? Mexico, so like in the uh, Veracruz and mm-hmm. Guerrero areas, mm-hmm. which Veracruz, we actually, it had a little snippet in uh, Dreamer, as well as Brazil and Russia. Um, so the style and color varies by location, much like we were talking about with Obsidian. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can range from geodes, as we've all seen, you yeah. know, before. Those are in, uh, kind of, those can be found in Uruguay, mm-hmm. to the deep, like, rich, beautiful purple that's found oh, yeah. in, like, Fancy jewelry, mm-hmm. like not, it's the stuff that's cut and set in. It's the shit you're getting from Zales. Yeah, that's from the Ural or Ural Mountains in Russia. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it's composed of silicon dioxide. Mm. Uh, and it has traces of iron, essentially making it, it's a purple quartz. It's it's a quartz right. crystal. And and the colors can range, as I'm sure we've all seen, you know, like a real, a pale, pale, mm. pale to a deep, rich purple. Like almost black or like almost blue royal yeah you know like Mm. this regal purple it's beautiful um and if you're lucky you'll get a stone that has the whole spectrum oh yeah wonderful (laughs) to a deep rich purple with red infusions in it which is what is found in thunder bay canada Uh, can we go to thunder bay canada isn't that the coolest my god if anyone somehow listens to us who lives in thunder bay canada send us (laughs) photos of what it looks like because it sounds great so it, it shows up in a few different structures, too, you know, different styles of how it grows. <laughs> so it's it can be found in a druzy crust. And that's so that's like what's found a lot of time in geodes, mm. you know, like the very short little layer. Um, it can be found in veins. So not necessarily like spined or anything like that. It's just found in ribbons mm. in the earth. Um, individually formed wands, which are, oh, you know, wow. just good. Just good. a good thing. They're great. As well as, like, these really neat, like, split growths. It has options. Oh. It's, it's a, versatile. It is. It's, I love it. You know, you can just kind of roll with the punches. It's like, oh, I'm growing here. Well, look, I'm going to be this fucking pretty this way. I love it. Um, adaptable. It Very adaptable. As I said, you know, it's, it really is. It's one of the most popular stones, but also commercially. Uh, I think that's why a lot of people have their first exposure with it because it's, you know, it, it's a lot more common than like walking around and being like, oh, look at all of this tourmaline, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's amethyst. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows it. Bloodstone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, amethyst is even, that's like at Walmart. That's what, yeah. It's yeah, all I over mean, the place. For, like decorational. It's all, it's like the February birthstone. Mm. So we're about to enter the... Uh, 
the oh, month of amethyst. Nice. But it, it's also, you know, it's relatively inexpensive. So it's a beautiful, it can be cut into beautiful jewelry mm. and be a fraction of the cost of diamonds and things like that. Yeah. So I think it's just a commercial favorite. Yeah. So here, well, let's get into the metaphys. The metaphys. Of uh, what this bad boy can, can, can do. So it's a very mind-oriented stone. Mm. The two chakras that it affects the most are the brow or third eye and crown chakra. So your two highest chakras. Activating the third eye and the brow chakra, you're connecting, you're kind of getting in touch with your inner intuition when you do that. You know, waking up that old spiritual Mm. being that is, I think, in a lot of ways, a lot smarter than we are. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you're just kind of, everybody has these internal powers, you know, and to, um, to us now, they're like superpowers almost, right. because we're so far removed from just what should be our instinctual abilities. Your brow chakra, mm. activating that brings to your intuition, right. but your crown chakra is more external. So activating that kind of goes to more external powers, such as the connection with the universe or... Oh. Uh, higher planes of existence. So in something like that, you're kind of leaving while your third eye chakra, Mm -hmm. it helps you get more of that internal ability to look within your spirit, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I thought that was really interesting how having those two activated is kind of an important like marriage. They work together. So here's some, here's some uh, like emotional influences. It's a, it's a really calming stone, mm. which I feel mm-hmm. I can get behind that. Like I, I have a good chunk of amethyst and I, I really, it's like the one stone that I have that I regularly will hold. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll just like, I don't know. It's very comforting to me. It can, it can really help you out. So if you need some clarity and like a chaotic or confusing or just muddled mm. situations, you know, things have just kind of gotten like, oh. Oh my God! Like, yeah. what? How did this get this way? <laughs> um, it can kind of soothe and clarify hmm. for that. So this clarity makes it really excellent for meditation, which I meditate next to mine. Really, I think almost every single time. I keep hmm. it in a little dish, pretty close to where my head is when I take a bath. Okay, and yeah. it's just kind of sitting there, you know, operating in its general area, and it's doing its thing, yeah. you know, and, and as well as working with your spirit, which you know kind of ties into getting those two higher chakras activated and kind of getting in touch with that Mm. spiritual self. It can be used in dream work. We've been digging that lately. I love me some dream work. Um, Due to its ability to calm a sleepless mind, as well as prevent nightmares. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you like wrap this up with some star anise, you're like having no nightmares. You have drink some dream herb. Sleep. Oh boy. Oh my God. Shove it under your pillow. You will be a dream walker. Um, you'll just you'll turn into a dream. You might not come back to your body. You might astrally project. Uh, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> it's also believed to to help out in like the reflection of uh, dreams in a visual way hmm. to help you kind of be able to wake up and still be like you can see it. You know, oh, you can still remember what happened and kind of helpful visualize what hmm. you dreamed. So it can help kind of stabilize, kind of level out, yeah, a, like a tumultuous state of mind. So if you're just, you're unorganized or if you're just kind of tense or negative, it can kind of soothe and just, that's its whole thing is like soothe and clarify. Sleeping. Yeah. Calming. All the things that your brain needs to heal in regards to like specific emotions, the ones that come to mind are like anxiety or rage or grief. Mm. 
It apparently some people use it for getting over grief, oh. um, dealing with loss. Uh, and I also read that it can help someone physically who knows that they're like, their time is coming oh. to cope with that. Okay. I thought, and that was, I didn't know that. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense. It's kind of, I mean, if it is activating those higher two chakras, you know, mm. that's kind of your universe connection. Mm-hmm. That's kind of being like flora and fauna, mm-hmm. you know, let it be kind of thing. So I thought that was an interesting yeah. tie-in. Very nice. So here, let's get into the physical benefits. And I, I got to say, I'm I'm always a little skeptical of these. And I, I think it's funny that, like, metaphysical things, I'm like, sure, absolutely. But, like, <laughs> physical benefits, I, I... I'm the same way. In regards to crystals, yeah. I just don't know, you know. Well, see, and that's why I think I connect really deeply with hoodoo. Yeah. Because hoodoo is, uh, works very rarely with crystals uh, as far as... plants. As far as crystal healing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Which I'm not... Knocking by any chance? No, I'm just, you know, it's just until skeptical. I come. Skepticism, yeah, I'm skepticism, skepticism about it. healthy skepticism, and, and a, that's too like me too with hoodoo. Like a lot of the medical stuff in hoodoo mm. is plant based, right? You know, and there's there's science behind mm-hmm. that. And really, that's my thing here. You know, is, is you just never know. But I think they're important to talk about. And I myself have even had these synchronicities, exactly, you know, yeah. that happened. But don't quit seeing your doctor because there this it happens. is. There it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and we're in the clear, and we're back in. <laughs> so it's said to combat drunkenness. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was a curveball. <laughs> Give me one every day, uh, as well as the need to overindulge in general. Hmm. So apparently, you know, it's said to you, you might not even want to get drunk. You know, I'm just not going to go there. It can ease headaches. Okay, it's said to reduce bruising or swelling. And for some, like, something about that, and it kind of ties in with the soothingness of the mm-hmm. mind, Also, you know, like, it just seems like a soothing thing, but also I think I just picture a cold crystal on an inflamed wound, it's, and it's yeah. or a bruise, and it's like, oh, yeah. And that's a totally very real, real-life thing. And um, I'm remembering now, I once met a guy who rocks was his business mm. and i was at a i was doing massage therapy at like almost a convention and people brought their stuff out and beautiful gems and he would wire wrap them oh god stuff. i love it. it's my weakness and he and i was like, we i got to be right next to his station so i got to talk to him and he was the nicest guy and he gave me a chunk of what i now know is crystal quartz nice and uh, but he didn't call it crystal quartz or he might have and i might have just fucking forgot yeah but what he called it was crystal house Oh. Which is uh, a term for it. And he's like, it's because it, it's crystal ice. Oh. But in another language. Uh, and I I don't want to commit, but maybe it was German. I don't know. It was crystalaus. And he's like, and that's because whenever you pick it up, he's like, it's always going to be cold when you touch it. He's like, just the way that it retains heat and the way mm-hmm. that it operates and stuff, it is always cold. So if amethyst is always cold. Yeah, it'd be very soothing. It would yeah. be exactly what you want on a big nasty Sounds kind of great, honestly. It's said to maybe ease the digestive tract. Mm. Uh, it can, okay, this one threw me for a loop. Can aid in hearing disorders? Hmm. Yeah, that one just kind of seemed like a left field because a lot of these are like, soothing and things and that one's just that one kind of shocked me a little bit there's usually in in these crystals or herbs or one out there that's just like what (laughs) it can help boost the immune system Hmm. as well as regulate hormones or metabolism hmm that was neat that's very neat i wonder why i don't know but anything that can help regulate your hormones is a friend it's a friend (laughs) (laughs) getting into some spirit work how to use it for working 
in a spiritual way. Mm. So it has a very high spiritual vibration. Hmm. Along with rose oil, and I would love to combine the two. Like, that would just be really intense. Everything everything that seems to have, like, this super high spiritual vibration and, like, works with the kind of upper chakra and all yeah, of that, yeah. it all is so lovely. It is. It's like, it's a privilege. Yes. It's, it's a nice little luxury almost. I love it. I know you're your right. Yeah, and your jasmine and like even even heavier things like sandalwood because sandalwood uh, also had like a he- like a really oh yeah high vibration. It just seems like a luxury. It does. Yeah, yeah. Like we're lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it. It can okay. So it can like aid also in meeting your spirit guide, mm. which is interesting because one of the first times that I did meditate with it was when Yaxin showed up. It can help you understand eventually. And, you know, this ties in earlier with those two chakras, um, that there's more there's more to this world than the material world mm. we see. It can also cleanse an aura. Mm. I think we could all use that every I mean, now and for again. Sure. Like, yeah. I, I feel like sometimes, and I'm, I'm not even going to pretend that I can see them or anything like that, but I feel like sometimes I can feel my aura and mm. it feels gross. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, I know exactly the feeling. Just like a heavy... Yeah, just almost like a smoggy. Yeah. Like polluted, mm. you know? And I, of course, picture this beautiful, like, deep purple just sucking it yeah. up, you know? Kind of tying into earlier. It, it can also help ready your spirit or your acceptance that your spirit is going to be departing. Mm. And ultimately... That doesn't have to be a soon thing. I mean, because that's just going to happen. No, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of us are scared to death. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, it, it can kind of help you come to, you know, terms with it. If you can meditate early on, it. on maybe you yeah. can reclaim some of that time that you would otherwise spend being terrified. That's a very condensed version of a whole lot that this stone mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. It's very, very powerful stone, especially to be so readily available. Mm-hmm. It benefits the, the mind, but also your spirit body. Mm. We're kind of on a similar thread here, talking about things that connect very much with intuition and kind of connecting to the mm-hmm. spirit world. I'm going to be talking about the crow. Today. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so if you have any particular connection to crows, but you don't know why, hopefully you will find it. And I think I like them because they're smart. Yeah. Because other birds are dumb and they'll just fly at your face for no reason. <laughs> I also really liked ravens. Ravens and and crows being related. They're both in the Corvus family. Mm. So crows are one of the most intelligent beings on the entire face of the planet. So we're talking about they're up there with pigs, dogs, dolphins, and apes, Mm. which is insanity to me to think of a bird being as smart. A common bird. As an ape. Uh, it's it's wild and it's gonna look it's gonna get a little gross in a minute because while they were they will eat anything they do prefer freshly deceased flesh so roadkill so roadkill basically however they are uh they're smart enough to want something freshly dead so Mm -hmm. think like a fox will kill like a rabbit well crows have actually come to do something very smart as they are one to do they will look for larger larger prey animals that have killed something and they're like taking it back to their home and they have learned that they can just kind of swoop in and take it 
you know, or they'll like swoop in, they'll get a couple of bites and they'll take off. So they've figured out this way to kind of cut out this middleman of, of the hard work. Yeah. Because they're not huge birds. They're not hawks. They're not swooping down yeah. and picking up rabbits. So they've gone about and, and learned this really smart and dickish way of Very getting dickish. food. I like it. <laughs> so because of this preference for recently deceased flesh, so they started turning up uh, on battlefields. Like the aftermath oh, yeah, of I a bet. battle. I bet so. So much so, because they're smart and they see, hey, these people are fighting. I know that they're going to be done soon. And then we're going to have... They became a symbol of death. A feast. Exactly. They were tied so strongly to the aftermath of what happened on the battlefield that they began to be seen as an omen of death and war. Mm. Um, and then that kind of got twisted over time. So it even became of, like, disease and yeah. famine, just anything bad. Uh, however, if you were in battle and you saw a crow kind of flying above your people or kind of going in the direction you were going in, uh, it was seen as, like, we're going to fuck them up. Yeah. It was seen as a good sign, like, uh, you were bringing this message of death to your foes. This association with war and death took shape in super ancient Ireland and kind of surrounding areas who also worshipped the goddess uh, the Morrigan. Okay. Goddess of death, often an omen of war, a lot of the same things that crows were beginning to be associated mm -hmm. with. So now crows and the Morrigan are very intertwined. There, there's a cool legend that if you did see that crow that was going to like fly with you into battle, it was going to shapeshift and become the Morrigan. Oh. And she was going to fight alongside you. Oh, that's badass. And then it even got, like, even deeper that if you even so much as heard a crow. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're just reaching for anything yes. at this point. If you're fighting and you hear a crow, the Morrigan, she is with you and she has blessed you. That's and really cool, You though. will be victorious in your battle. So they're very um, intertwined. You'll see her often surrounded by crows and art and stuff like that. And, um... This is a goddess episode now. No. Um, one last thing I'll say about the Morgan. She referred to the battlefield as her garden. Oh, which wow. Was so dope. Wow. Um, so you can see here a little bit why crows got this rap of being all about death. Mm -hmm. And even more so if we're looking at it in kind of modern times, or at least semi-modern times, uh, how it became a symbol of people who are kind of on the darker side of things. Gothy lifestyle. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of times, you know, you'll see crow emblems and crow mm -hmm. things like that. So they've been kind of associated with death and darkness and that kind of stuff. So outside of their very well-known uh, symbolisms of intelligence and war and death, they can also uh, symbolize power, creativity, courage, determination, flexibility, enchantment, broad-mindedness. So uh, I, I feel kind of almost like royal qualities. Yeah, almost like a regalness. A, so they're the, they're the trickster of birds, uh, and they also represent the great mysteries of life. If you uh, see a white crow given its its stark opposition to the normal like super dark almost like that green black if yeah you, you see how yeah, it kind of beautiful. shifts in the light uh a white crow it's complete opposition it denotes that something severely good 
or horribly bad. Well, that's some shit. Is about to happen because it's Thanks. so completely different. It, there, there is no middle ground. So a white crow is an omen that something life changing. You will never be the same again for good or for bad. I would just rather not see one. I don't know. I'll take the gamble. I will sit and panic and sweat <laughs> forever. There's this whole idea out there of crow medicine, and that's what Native American and Celtic uh, people would call everything that would be tied in with the crow. Mm -hmm. So there is so much lore behind what they symbolize, and they're always messengers, purposefully delivering it to you from the spirit world. Mm. Uh, And they started to be seen that way so much that... Some people truly, truly believe that crows exist on our plane, but they also exist in the spirit world. I, uh, I choose. So, I just, I like it better. I, I, wanna, it makes... I wanna think that when a crow flies off, it can just kind of dissipate into a different dimension and go and get these messages and be like, almost like an office, like it clocks in. Yeah. And it's like, all right, Macy it's... needs to get this message today. Let's send, send out the, the death messenger. She's going to die today. And then or it just like closes out that ticket. And, and, yeah, and then come ticket. back. All right, Macy's done. What do we got for Charlie? So because of this, it's really important. <laughs> I saw this and it stressed me out a little bit. It's really, really important to decode the message it was trying to give you. Yeah, that's good. And it can come to you in real life or... It can even come to you in a dream form. Okay. So anytime, anytime you see a crow, it's very important to decode what it's trying to tell you. Um, if well, you, What if you see a whole murder? Well, see, okay. There's a lot there to unpack. Okay. There, there's the act of counting crows. I love that, Which man. was really... <laughs> But I could never find anything that matched up. I was so fascinated by, if you see one crow, it means this. If there's two, it means this. And there was an old, uh, it got really popular in like Victorian era, era. And that's a very Victorian thing to do. Like, I must count the number of crows that visited me today. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, it got really big then to count crows, but I could never find anything that matched up. Okay, it yeah. was always like one page was like one crow means death, two means a baby, and then another source would say one crow means you're going to have a big dinner and two (laughs) crows means so they were there was no consistency between them so i think that maybe it um it could be regional who knows but i I couldn't make it make sense they are the living reminder that things are always changing this is denoted in the way that they can barely shift and suddenly they're green you know and i'm like now i'm black you know You can overcome obstacles in your life that you have thought about giving up on. Uh, That's kind of the underlying theme of almost anything that they'll give you signs about. It's there's this theme of overcome this obstacle. I know you're about to give up. Or maybe you woke up today and you just finally gave your resignation. And you're like, I'm I'm not going to, I can't do this anymore. Mm. They're a sign that you can break through the, the barrier of what's keeping you from manifesting whatever you've been working towards, which, which is really nice. And, and they go so far beyond their, like, death and destruction and, like, trickster vibes that the, a lot of the times what they're trying to tell you is good little pieces of news like mm, that. Mm. If you've been struggling with your creativity, it's considered good luck to see a crow because they symbolize the core of creation. Okay, so if you do get lucky enough to see a crow and, and watch its colors kind of flash between that, like, there's even, like, a dark blue thing that yeah, happens, yeah, you know? Uh, if you see that flash of color... The message they're trying to bring you there is that something is out of balance in your life and it is the 
most important thing that you get it back in balance. So take it, it might be on the back burner, but it is the most important thing in the whole world for you to get that shit together. Ultimately, the, they give you signs that it's it's time to push through. And uh, if you do at least make an attempt to push through, that you will persevere. In the same way that if you're going to battle and you see a crow, you're about to fight and it's going to be hard. But if you try, you are going to win. Mm. If you find a dead crow, because I thought that that was kind of a cool little flip on how it usually is. If you find a dead crow, it means that you are losing the ability to speak the truth. Wow. That is so scary. Wow. Uh, that you are losing the ability to speak the truth. So I guess that could be watch yourself. You're getting wrapped up in bullshit. That's, yeah. Or you're lying to yourself and yeah. you know, you're not. That's interesting. That's powerful. That, as yeah. Well. I saw that and I was like, that's got to go kind of near my, the end of my little symbolisms here. Uh, okay. So if you do already know that the crow is your spirit animal guide, totem, animal self, familiar, whatever it is, then here's some things for you. You are incredibly intuitive. You almost never make irrational decisions, which must be nice. Mm, Wow. (laughs) You are strong-willed. You relentlessly, excuse me, you relentlessly look for the meaning or symbolism in things, Uh which really, really tied in with, you've got to decode what that bird is telling you. Yeah, it does. So that's kind of uh, something that you see in your life. When you see something, like, what does that mean? Oh, no, is there a symbol to this? I've even known people who've, like, a raindrop would fall, like, on a particular part of their body. And they're like, what does this mean? You Mm -hmm. know, so that could be the, the spirit of the crow is kind of coming through in them. You can take on challenges that are bigger than yourself, much like the crow can take on birds that are up to three times its size. That's badass. Which also kind of reminded me of the whole John the Conqueror thing. You, like, mm. if you're if you're going up against something that seems bigger than you, um, which was interesting. People who have this animal in their life in some way, they enjoy getting out of their comfort zone. For these people, being outside of their comfort zone is their comfort zone. You are honest to the point of hurting other people's feelings. Crows are easily seen as the bearer of bad news, but like in a very black and white fashion. Literally, if you see a black or white crow, it can mean... It's good or bad news. So it's said to try to keep an eye on that, you know, to not be so blunt as to everything is black and white. Everything is this way or this way, um, because you can very easily get wrapped up in that. You're sharp, but you can be manipulative. You have an eye for detail. Small details are often not missed by you. Uh, And you're more likely to have some level of clairvoyant gift in Mm. your life. And then the last one is you easily look inwards and you connect very well to your inside self. You don't easily get offended by things. Um, And to wrap up, I got a little quote. I got a little quote from Ted Andrews. I got a little quote from his book, Animal Speak. Oh, Ted Andrews says, wherever crows are, there is magic. They are symbols of creation and spiritual strength. They remind us to look for opportunities to create and manifest the magic of life. They are messengers calling to us about creation and magic that is alive within our world every day and available to us. Oh. So I thought that was very nice. I like it. But the fact that these are so smart, to me, that points to, like, there being something supernatural. Something's to them. Yeah, something because is look to at them. a fucking grackle. Yeah. It's dumb as rocks, it, man. It's <laughs> stupid. 
And it's like, but it doesn't look that different from a crow. Right. And then you have this other crow, this black bird, that's just whooping ass. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's very interesting <laughs> to me. Back when Cracked was still good, um, there was an article on it, and it was about this. But anyway, so like this this college campus did a study, and it was this guy and he was just a dick to these crows mm. for, like, I don't remember, it was a couple weeks or a day oh, or something. Oh, I see. And so then, like, some other students started dressing like him, or I want to say they even wore a mask, and the crows just started attacking those students. <laughs> but it was crows outside of the range of the university, even. Mm. So it's believed they were communicating. Oh. And they had an ability to somehow let each other know, <laughs> look for this guy. <laughs> And it actually became like a, a whole thing to where there was this whole network of yeah. crows that had somehow communicated. That's it's fascinating, and the levels of organization that they have within their like murders, mm-hmm. um, they are detailed, organized, almost to the level of what we would consider a like a type A human. Yeah, like anal and yeah. like wanting things where they where it needs to where be. it needs to be, and these people have made these. Uh, Almost gumball machines. Basically just put food in it and you don't even have to show it. Like, they'll figure it out and they'll start picking quarters up (laughs) and putting it in this thing and, like, turning it themselves with their little beaks and getting their treat. They're so smart. And then, like, within a month, you'll have, like, $100 in quarters. (laughs) It's insanity. They just seem like little snack hounds. I know. They just want to, all they want, all they want is some grub. They have all these, like, connections with the spirit worlds, but they're just little they got the munchies man (laughs) all the time oh my macy yes it was our last week this episode brings to a close our 30 day or 10 week this has been very difficult for me not only was it in the holiday season it was during winter when i don't want to do (laughs) jack shit spiritually look well you'll be better for it in the long run okay you'll look back when you when you yeah when things are easy and you'll be like if i could do it then yeah as we go into our last three days, we have an easy one. Perhaps the easiest one that we've ever encountered. Day 28, Magical Podcasts. Yeah. Done. Check. Move it on. This one was fun. <laughs> Day 29, Astrology. So it says here, a little prompt suggested that we find our moon sign and uh, talk a little bit about what that means. Tell me, hit me with that moon sign. My moon sign is cancer. It says, do you want nothing more from life than to put on your favorite slippers and retreat from the rest of the world watching Netflix and eating Ben and Jerry's? If so, welcome to the wonderful, cozy world of the cancer moon sign. People born or people with a cancer moon sign in their natal chart tend to be the most comfortable at home. It's like, yeah, that's right. That is you to a T. Yeah. As outgoing and everything as Macy is, like, in, I think, in, like, the daytime. Yeah, it's, like, by about 6 o'clock, I want to be home. Yeah. She's about some, like, fuzzy slippers and some tea Mm. and hanging out. I get it, man. That's hilarious. So what is your... My moon sign is in Taurus. Taurus. The whole thing boils down to, it's hilarious because it's very represented by what the Taurus is. The Taurus is the, the bull bullheaded and since the moon kind of governs your emotional yeah being it says here uh it's not wise to push lunar tauruses into doing anything once they've made a commitment they're persevering which was interesting and i thought it was funny kind of 
teamed up with my like my regular sign of Leo. Leo, yeah. <laughs> uh, I said this on the live stream already to Mace, but like between the Taurus and the Leo, I will not do something till the end of my days because Just because because somebody suggested I should, uh, and that basically hits the nail on the head. Other things that were really interesting. People with a moon in Taurus may be considered persnickety. Uh Aha! And this could be either because they are kind of anal retentive people or because they are stubborn and the streak keeps them from wanting to change. Uh, Okay, I get it. uh, I get it. Also, at the root of the Taurus moon, their needs are strong, but quite simple. They love the good things in life. Fair. Nice sheets, delicious food, good music. A Taurus wants to feel a sense of pleasure in everything they do. When a Taurus is immersed in satisfying experience, all is right with the world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I'm not going to read the rest of it. There's a lot here to unpack, but I thought that the main things of, like, being bullheaded, but also being, like, kind of a lover of luxury. Yeah. <laughs> as much of an asshole as that sounds. was dead on. Uh, it's also funny when sometimes things like this give you a little bit of an ass whooping. If you go to astrology.com, they really break this shit down. And there's even parts that they will show you your active versus your passive. And, like, which one you more lean to, you know. Or your... um mean versus your kindness Mm. and you seem to be and they really break it down so in my active to passive ratio it says charlie sometimes lacks energy she is fairly apathetic and passive (laughs) preferring sluggishness to movement (laughs) that was just funny and i thought it would be (laughs) you know sometimes they sometimes the zodiac likes to kick your ass a little all right. Anyway, to any move movement, <laughs> Charlie. I just base. I just, and, and the fact that they plug, I like they sub your name. They in. plug your name in, so it's very attention grabbing. Basically, Charlie prefers sluggishness to movement. <laughs> That's if there were ever a tagline for my <laughs> for my life. All right, Mace. Day thirty. Day thirty. Make a commitment to yourself. What practices are you going to continue with? What are your thoughts, Macy, about how this has changed yourself and your craft? Myself and my craft. Yourself and your craft. <laughs> it, it's done. It's made me do uh, several things that I don't normally do, mm. uh, which is good because you never know what you're into until you try it. So I think I've I've picked up some stuff. Yeah. From it, is there anything um, you're gonna like keep doing? I really, really enjoyed energy raising, and that was something yeah. that came from this that. I think I'm, I'm for sure going to continue to mm. do, um, and I, and I think it's I think it's great. So I, it's been pretty invaluable, if nothing else, just for that. Yeah, and and I honestly I think that was kind of the goal from the beginning mm-hmm. was we're going to try a bunch of things out. We're not going to go hugely into depth on each of them. You should if we try some shit that we don't like, at least we tried it, mm-hmm. and if we walked away with some new stuff, cool. Um, I myself. Really, 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 really enjoyed the act of casting a circle. Yeah, I know you did. Um, so much more than I thought I was going to because I just clung to this idea of like, well, I do it energetically. Yeah. Like, I just do it this way and that way. And that's good. And I still do that. And I'm not knocking it. But I'm going to cast more circles in my future. I'm good. I'm going to do more yoga poses. That's another one that really stuck with me. And I didn't I'm- hate it. And I'm glad we did it. And uh, maybe this is something we'll revisit way down the line when we think we know everything. And yeah. And we need to get back to basics. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hit me with that five-star review. I'm going to hit it with you right now. That beautiful bean footage. Roll that beautiful comment footage. <laughs> and it was titled Bingeworthy. You bet your sweet dick. And this was uh, oh, <laughs> this was by Blue Spirit in a Red Land. Uh, can relate. I relate to that <laughs> real hard. So they said, my New Year's resolution is once again to remember my witchiness throughout the entire year. Hmm. Uh, I'm in northern Minnesota and mad respect. That's fucking cold. Uh, I'm a northern Minnesota and mom listening with my 10 year old daughter. Mm. Uh, we're very liberal about swearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and she is delighted to hear other excited voices reiterating many of the things I've taught her. Uh, it's uh, that's very cool though. That's Being able to have started cool. all of this at like ten years old. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah! Yeah! Wow! What a great bonding! Yeah! Thing. I mean, to like to, to I don't know, just the idea of having somebody who can like teach these things to that would be neat. That's so cool. It's sparked several conversations so far. Uh, our first project is to give our altar an update. My favorite thing about the show's nature is that they don't take themselves too seriously and the implied understanding <laughs> that we live in a muggle world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to get caught up, even though we're determined to go in order. Hats off for the ambition. Five stars. <laughs> very, very cool. Thank you so much for that. That's that's really good to hear. And, like, soul warming. Yeah. Next week, we have something special. Yeah. What do we got? It is uh, going to be, uh, we're doing another Sabbath. Imbolg. Yeah. I know that this is a very milky Sabbath. Okay. (laughs) And last last year, I made a... um, Alcoholic beverage. Uh, Did you make like a white Russian? No, it was a lavender. Fuck. It was a, uh, like a lavender based. And I forgot what alcohol you put in it. I love it. But it was so good. And even if you're not like a milk drinker, it was really good. So let us know what your Imbolg traditions are. We're looking forward to that. It's going to be some milk. There's going to be some lambs. And uh, right now there's about to be some socials. The first one, I'm reading them from the bottom. I feel like being crazy. <gasps> oh, my God, switching it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are on Patreon. We sure are. We're there. We just did our uh, Facebook Live video just sure the other did. night. It was a blast. It was a good time. I love it. We talked about astrology. Yeah, we did. That was one thing we talked about. <laughs> we talk about all kinds of random yeah. shit. It's super fun. Um, we drink. We get a little tipsy. Mm-hmm. Always a good time. We, we're getting closer to our next goal, which is to, to get some merch shit going. On Patreon, we are at www.patreon.com forward slash WBAH podcast. So on Facebook, we are at Witch Amateur Hour. Twitter at Bitch Hour. Instagram at Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. All right. And you guys, we, I've been seeing some spooky stories rolling through. Oh, yeah. I've been seeing some metaphys. That's true. Rolling through. I've got some favorites. Keep them coming. That's. I think that's this week. That's, that's coming up. what we got for you this week from the Zen Room in Canton, Texas.
No, that's not how it goes. Mordor! <laughs> Is it left or right? <laughs>